All right, everyone, I'm back. Let's see if we can get people connected. Woo, 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 woo. Hello, hello, hello. Let's see, poor. Da, 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 da. Yeah, everybody, everybody's there. Hey, hello, 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 hello. Awesome, awesome. All right, let me see if I can get you connected on. All right. Oh. For some reason, uh, Alicia, it says that you need the latest version of Instagram or something. When I can, when I try to bring you on, I don't know if you could update. Fab, I'm here. Hopefully, we can connect. Um, try to update. It, it says something with your update on your uh, account, Elisa. Because I'm trying to invite you, and it says that you need the latest version of Instagram. One sec. <laughs> okay. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on Breaking Bread with Corey. I have a very special guest joining me this morning, bright and early. I have my, my cup of dough with me. Link Ocker, of course, Jedi Knight, Jedi Master. Um, I have my coffee and also my Rebellion glass, so if you can see that. Um... I always start my day with a nice cup of joe. Um, hopefully everyone is doing well. Um, we have a very special guest coming from across the pond in the UK, Miss Lisa Rose. Um, she'll be sharing her story and her view on biodynamic, organic, and natural wines. Um, this is going to be very special and I'm going to learn a lot. Um, the wine industry constantly changes, constantly evolves, and I'm so excited to be sharing the screen with everyone. See if we get it connected. Hey, Corey. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Well, good. E what is it? Good evening for you. It is. It's 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 wine o'clock. Over here. Oh, it's, uh, uh, <laughs> it's the evening time. Yeah, oh, there absolutely. You see, see, for me, it's it's coffee time. <laughs> see, I've already had four of those today. Co really? Coffee, coffee has Ooh. already been drunk uh, this end. Thanks for awesome. talking to me. Oh, no. Well, thank you for, you know, thank you for sharing your time and, and your sure. support. And, you know... It was really interesting when we connected at the very beginning and we started talking about doing this. And then you yeah. asked me about time zones and I was like, uh, what? And I, I wasn't <laughs> really thinking. And when you were saying where you were at, I was like, okay, this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> yeah, we, but, are, we are fairly far away from each other, aren't we? We are all the way uh, across the Atlantic and a whole other uh, continent. Uh, you're West Coast America and I'm here in London. Yeah. So, yes. Pretty how's the far. Weather, how's the weather over there right now? Um, getting better. Surprisingly nice for for this sort of pre-Easter. We just started our Easter weekend uh, right. here in London, but we've had a bit of a heat wave. So everybody's been uh -huh. outside with the rosé. 
um, you know, with some nice sparkling wine. Um, and we're just getting allowed out again. So we're just being allowed to go out into the park. Uh, okay. I think you can see one other person. So that's all been very exciting. <laughs> yeah, here it's, it's, here it's kind of interesting in, in Oregon. We are certain areas because it's so spread out. Um, certain counties are starting to open up here and there, like slowly. Um, it was really exciting coming home from work yesterday and seeing Little League played. And the yeah. parents are all spaced out, but all of the kids had their mask on. And oh. I was just excited to see that again you know this this yeah. this this thing i have a i have a three-year-old son and and for him even yesterday he got to play with a little girl for the first time and it's just really exciting you know there my wife and another mom were out at the playground and this is just something that is it, it's it's so beautiful to actually see again you know slowly yeah. but surely we're getting back to it um that's it. So, That's it. It's coming yeah. back. Absolutely. Slowly but surely. And thank you all who are uh, just joining us right now. Uh, I'm so excited to be joined uh, from London. Uh, Miss Elisa. Is it Elisa Rose? Correct? Yeah, it's well. I mean, people say it a lot of different ways. And in a Starbucks, it can cause a lot of confusion. Um, <laughs> but I know. But I, I tend to say Alicia. So I, I say Alicia. Alicia. Okay. I yeah. want to make sure I say that right. A lot of times I pronounce things really bad. E even in the world of customer service where people are, have name badges and stuff, I still uh, butcher a lot of names. So I, I apologize if I do go off sometimes, but so excited. So why don't you introduce yourself from London? Tell the view viewer who you are. Sure. So Hello, um, everybody with Instagram Live, and very, very cool to be speaking from other sides of the world. Um, I'm Alicia. I blog on Instagram and also um, you know, on my own website as the Natural Wine Girl, and I share the various sort of bottles that are organic, vegan, biodynamic, and ideally fully natural um, with everybody. Um, just in the hopes of sharing what I think is a really exciting trend in the in the wine industry, um, which is this move towards and growing consciousness of natural wine um, and the people that produce it. Um, and as we sit here, I'm sort of surrounded by, I'm really glad you can't see the rest of my home, Corey, because it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously, there's a lot of wine bottles um, around here. Uh, which is which is lovely. My my yeah. boyfriend always says it's 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 funny because he likes what he likes what I do. He likes that this is my interest um, and, what, and what I'm passionate about because because we end up with there's <laughs> lots of wine absolutely um, around. But you no, know, a big part of what I do is write about, talk about, and and share and hopefully raise awareness um, of what natural wine is and why I love it. Um, why I'm so interested in it and, and why I hope other people uh, find it interesting as well and actually go out and buy some. Um, yeah, ideal. you know, it, it's, it's, it's such a, uh, I, I see it because I've been on the retail side and slowly but surely I, I'm seeing more producers, more labels out there. Um, and so, you know, as far as, um, 
as as far as what natural wine is, what biodynamic wine and organic wine, can you、mm. explain that to a viewer in a little bit more、yes. detail? Yes. Yes, I will. I will try because、um, <laughs> there is one、it. of the <laughs> one of the great and and most elusive things about natural wine is that there isn't an official set definition. So I have to introduce it by way of a principle and, and a philosophy. So the idea of natural wine is that it doesn't have anything. It doesn't have much added, and it doesn't have much taken away.、Um, it's as low intervention as possible. So effectively. It's fermented grape juice、uh, in a bottle. That's the、right. principle.、Um, but if we go through the whole winemaking spectrum,、uh, it always starts obviously in the vineyard. So natural winemakers try to、um, be as mindful as possible of working in harmony with the land, with the soil.、Um, this starts with principles like not using any synthetic herbicides or pesticides. Um, and of, but of course, you need to treat your land because you need to treat the vines. So instead,、yeah. natural winemakers will turn to things like herbal sprays.、Um, you know, we'll talk about biodynamics in a minute. But the idea is taking care of land initially in as low intervention and traditional way as possible.、Um, and this is an important point, actually, that I think a lot of people think natural wine is something that's. You know, now very fashionable,、um, and is something quite sort of new on the wine scene. But I always say this is the oldest winemaking、um, methodology. People were making wine in 6,000 BC. This blows my mind. This this concept in 6,000 BC in what is now Georgia, and they were you know putting it in terracotta in the ground to ferment and. And they weren't using chemical pesticides, herbicides. So, if anything, conventional winemaking is very new, and natural winemaking is a return to、uh, ancient and more traditional practices. But everything starts in in the vineyard. Then, when we move into the cellar,、um, the same principles apply. So, really making sure not to add、uh, chemical additives, colorants, nothing that would change or distort or mask. The original aromas and flavor profile、uh, of the wine.、Um, you know, it, it's it's fairly common practice now to alter、uh, things like color、uh, of a wine. We're all aware of like mega purple being added and things like that. And and winemakers, of course, must make their own decisions. I'm just I'm not here to say, you know, everybody has to drink natural wine. These are just this is just the choice that I make. Right. Right.、Um, I would prefer that, I, that there aren't additives or colorants、um, added to my wine, and it also means that in the cellar there really there's a low intervention philosophy applied all round. So,、uh, you know, no fining.、Um, you know, if any filtration, it's going to be racking or, or riddling.、Uh, there's no flash pasteurization. So, really, we're trying to make wine in as as simple and natural a way. Uh, as possible,、um, I could go on about indigenous yeasts. <laughs> so, how, geek, how geeky do you want me to be, Corey? You know,、um, I, I, honestly, I, I think you know because this is such a you know, especially here. I don't know how it is、um, in your neck of the woods, but、mm. here it is something that is more like I would say. 
it just reminds me of something that you would see on the the TV, like Peloton. You know, it's this fad thing, like natural wine. You know, go out and get it. You know, it's this infomercial yeah. type thing. And I don't think people really know how to approach it. There's mm. all these mixed in, interpretations of it or representations of it. Right. And I think people need a little bit more, especially the consumer, the viewer needs a little bit more clarity. So what you're doing mm. is great. Go ahead and keep on driving it in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that's a really interesting point that you make about, and you're spot on, that it feels it's not quite a part of mainstream wine buying culture at the moment. Right. Um, so many of my friends still are, are like, what, what, what is, what is natural wine? What, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why are you still going on about this? Um, so it starts with, with education because I had no idea. And this is partly how I became interested in this. I started doing formal wine education and only at that point learned what was being added to wine. I didn't realize that various, it's something like, a, there's a sort of 75 chemicals that can be put in a wine that don't have to be listed on the label. And I hadn't realized at the other extremity what could be done to, to wine and the extensive use of chemical pesticides and herbicides. So I really then had to go in and seek an alternative uh, wine education, um, mostly through reading and just trying to educate myself through, you know, podcasts. And there's so many brilliant people, much more learned uh, than me, who have been been firing away at, at talking about this for ages. And then when I started getting hold of natural wine, which you're right, is it's slightly harder to come by. You can't just walk to. Uh, in the UK, we have something called Sainsbury's. Like, what's your main supermarket? Who's like the just the big supermarket? Uh, like, like Albertsons, Albertsons. Well, Walmart is a big distributor of, of wine and Target, okay. but there's also like the big, big brand names like, you know, Albertsons and Safeway, things like that, that are usually right. here, especially in the Pacific Northwest. Um, yeah. Those are the big retailers. Well, well, in in the UK, if you just went to the supermarket, you wouldn't find uh, natural wine. I mean, please let me know, anybody listening to this, if you do, because I want to know where it is. Um, instead, it, it's still very much something that you, the consumer, have to seek out. So you need to find an online natural wine shop, particularly, obviously, during, during lockdown, um, or to find, you know, a bottle shop here in the UK that, that, that sells and stocks uh, natural wines. Um, but it's still very much something that's not part of, of the mainstream. But I hope slowly that that change is, is coming. But it will start with consumers going out and, and buying natural wine and, and prioritizing it. And it's interesting now seeing sometimes I'll find a wine that I really love. I'll go back on uh, the site that I bought it from. And I love that it says sold out. I mean, it's annoying <laughs> yeah. for me because yeah. I want to buy it. <laughs> yeah. But it will say, it will say um, like I've just put on, I've just put on my Instagram today a picture of a, uh, a sparkling cremant and it's vegan, it's organic. And I thought, you know, I'm going to need two bottles of this because I'm, yeah. I'm seeing friends over the weekend. So I thought I've got to get some more bottles of this. I went on the website and it's gone. And I thought, great. <laughs> great other wow. people are buying this that's great um, which is really really fab but no I, I really love learning more about and talking about the people who make natural wine because this is really a return to um 
ancient methods of of agriculture and right. really prioritizing working in harmony with nature the natural cycles within nature we can talk right. about bio biodynamic farming in a minute which i just think is amazing yeah, yeah. um but but no i think it's it's totally changed how i how i see wine it's it's become the main uh, focus for me of what i drink and why do do, do you find that the 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 culture of natural wine is i i know you said it's it's origin is so many years ago but have yeah. you found that that is that you see more old world producers doing something like this or is it a balance between old world and new world producers that are doing these wines bringing back this traditional style yeah traditional that's style. a that's a great question and you know there's a whole separate debate to be had over you know how, where do you situate now a country like modern day Georgia because I think it was the oldest of old worlds right but but still actually it's very hard to get hold of you know a, a Georgian wine just in a in a normal wine shop yeah. uh, in the UK um but i suppose the natural wine movement in its current um its current sort of state really started in France uh, mm -hmm. more recently and has sort of spread from there but there are there's brilliant work being done in the new world um you know there's fantastic work being done in uh, South Africa in in Chile um in New Zealand they're really conscious of of how they work their land so right. um it's absolutely present in in the old world but it's very much happening in the new world as well and and wonderfully i think one of the things i i like best is that um conventional winemakers or people who are now buying um agricultural land or vineyards that were previously farmed using chemicals or pesticides right. are washing that away and are yeah. changing over to natural right. winemaking are switching over to biodynamics um that this doesn't seem to be something necessarily that you know it's not that you have to start with a natural vineyard and start with natural wine if you take over or buy or inherit a conventional vineyard there are things you can do to try to um reinvigorate your soils um and and try and effectively start again um, yeah and rejuvenate the land that's that's you know it's it's great to hear that there's almost a balance um between between worlds that are producing and like you said scraping away the negative and bringing in more positive i see a lot of that i hear a lot of that in in the industry the the problem for me is just seeing it on the shelf you know being represented you know be being represented on on the shelf and we need more of it and i always think too since i have a 3 year old you know what are we leaving him you know what yes. are we going to do to make things better and i'm so grateful that we have a new administration now in our government working as yes. far as environment <laughs> um yeah. and we need that i mean it's great to see big companies not just outdoor companies but there's companies from all over that i see now that are really striving to make things environmentally safe and protected whether it's the oceans or the lands and it's it's beautiful and that's that's the one thing that i really embrace about the natural and the biodynamic 
and vegan and organic industry. It's we need more of it. And I just I feel we need more representation, more representatives like yourself, more ambassadors out there um, like yourself doing the work and putting out the education and putting out instruction. Um, because, again, so many consumers don't know the full depth and the impact, the impact of what it does. Um, Can you go into a little bit more? I know we were talking about just the generalized, but can you talk about also, I know you're itching about talking about biodynamics. (laughs) Uh, I I love that too. Yeah. So can you go into that too, that part of it? I I can. It's something that both interests me the most and is probably the most difficult to discuss because it's this amazing set of principles that is scientific to do with you know natural scientific geographical principles but that also has an element of um you know i hesitate to call it sort of a little sprinkle of magic but we're looking at things like moon cycles and burying you know cow horns in the ground to make your sort of herbal preparations so it's this wonderful mixture of of science and I think a little bit of kind of mystic um, aspects to it, which um, anybody who practices biodynamics probably wouldn't thank me for saying, but, um, but it comes from somebody called Rudolf Steiner uh, in the 1920s uh, and a series of lectures that he did, which the principle of his work was he could see that in the kind of post industrial revolution moment uh, and post the great war, Uh, when he was talking in the 1920s, he saw the expansion of chemical fertilizers, the expansion of large-scale farming, and he put out a warning. And I love what you said, Corey, about, you know, it's about what planet we leave to Mm -hmm. future generations because biodynamics cares about that (laughs) enormously. Um, You know, Steiner's principles were we need to return to conscientious farming. We need to reinvigorate and look after the land, the soil. Everything in the ecosystem is connected and should work in harmony. And we need to embrace polyculture, having other animals be a part of the vineyard, which is why you get fantastic things happening like horses uh, in biodynamic vineyards and you get um, you know, all kinds of wildlife living among among the vines um, because that's very much encouraged and that's the idea that you end up with a healthier healthier vineyard healthier grapes and better wine Um, and there's a whole element of planting in tune with moon cycles and you know using specific herbs to or herbal preparations uh, to put on your vineyard Um, but the fundamental principle is is farming intuitively and in, in in tune with with nature which is really something I think we could all apply um, right. on a wider scale um, in our own lives. So on the biodynamic side too, are they taking away a lot of the artificial machinery to, to do it? They're using more animals, correct? Yeah, absolutely. So natural wine um, and most natural wine producers are, or most biodynamic producers are also natural producers or working organically. So if we kind of think of them all as the same thing, um, yes, moving away from machinery or in fact kind of eschewing the use of machinery altogether is a really core principle. So 
um, grapes are hand-picked and they're hand-sorted, um, mostly because for quality as well, we, anyone making natural wine believes that a human has better skill and judgment than a machine. And if mm. we're choosing things like the best fruits, you know, the best grapes to go right. into your wine, that's going to be from, from hand-sorting. But in the vineyard as well, using things like horses to till the land, um, it's better for the soils, it inc increases the kind of microbacterial, microbial life um, in the soil. But the animals themselves are part of a wider uh, ecosystem structure that you end up with healthier, uh, a healthier system with everything sort of in terms of pollination and um, you know, that, that cycle of life that exists within the vineyard. Yes, animals are preferred definitely to, uh, to, to machines. That's, and they're more fun, aren't they? Yeah. It's more yeah. fun to have a horse. <laughs> Absolutely. Who doesn't want to have a horse uh, in their vineyard? Are they using, like, I, I've heard, like, some places are using, like, llamas and a few other, like, besides, like, even llamas. donkeys and donkeys and all these different <laughs> animals. Like, you talk about horses. Uh, it's like, it's really cool. Yeah, I, you know, I, I don't it's know really if it's, cool. I usually get llamas and alpacas kind of <laughs> mixed up. But, this is the yeah. first I've heard of the llamas, and I'm, <laughs> I'm interested. <laughs> I'm keen to know. Um, I haven't heard about that. But, that is, but yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's awesome. And so, you know, again, it also, it goes back to the pure natural side. So have you found when you tasted a all natural, like biodynamic wine compared to like a, just a, a traditional wine meth mythology, myth, 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 I can't even say it, but <laughs> The, the you know the traditional the regular weight com conventional way of making wine right now mm. you see the real big difference as far as like the taste and even the yeah. way I, i've heard people talk about even the way they feel after they drink a natural biodynamic organic or vegan wine well, what do they tend to say to you Corey? What what's been their reaction do they how do they say they, they feel afterwards they feel like they can run a marathon, you know, basically yes. they, feel, they feel great. Like they don't, you yeah. know, you, you can tell when you put artificial things in your system and you can tell when you put natural things in your system, mm -hmm. your system just runs completely different. It's like getting an oil yeah. change. You get new oil in and also you're like, boom, you're going down the, the, the road. But yeah. that's what I've heard a lot of is that it really just change, changes your energy because it's almost like you're not trying to, your body's not trying to break down all this artificial, like a garbage disposal. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, that's exactly right. But our, our taste buds have, have memory. I mean, we all know that we have, um, that taste is connected to memory in the same way that smell is connected to memory. Um, but it begins with thinking about how long we've been drinking conventional wine for. So, to answer your question about how, how did I feel drinking natural wine or how does it taste? When I first had natural wine, um, it tasted weird. And I would say to anybody, be prepared to have a bit of a shock um, at the start. I remember actually really specifically, it was a, at a bar here in London called Terroir. Um, it's in Covent Garden and they do natural wines and they're unfiltered and 
And you get this glass that looks hazy because right. it's unfiltered. It's often got a little bit of sediment left in it. Yeah. And I had, you know, a sip of something. It must have been something like a natural Riesling, which tastes so different from a conventional Riesling that I got, got a bit of a shock. <laughs> and so initially, at the start, I thought natural wine tastes weird. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people have a first glass of it and think, oh, I, I'm not keen on this. But, but what it is, is that we've become attuned to drinking conventional wine, if right. that's what you started with. Right. So it's just unlearning everything your taste buds know about, about drinking and about drinking right. wine. Yeah. So then when I started drinking more natural wine, I had to relearn what a Riesling tasted like or what I would expect from, you know, Cabernet Franc or something because right. our perception of these wines and these wine styles and even, even what we're getting from these grape varietals is enormously altered by all of the additional uh, chemicals and additives and colorants that go into some conventional wines. Right. So it was only through re-educating my taste buds about what natural wine was right. that I got a better sense of how to drink it. And now, now I find it really hard to drink conventional wine. I don't like it anymore. Um, my taste buds have acclimatized to the natural stuff. So if I have a drink now of, you know, real high alcohol, like a big plummy 14%, you know, right. Cab Sauvignon or something, I, I can't, I can't, uh, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can taste the chemical content. Uh, yeah. And, and your point about someone saying, you know, you could run a marathon after drinking yeah. natural wine. I think what they're conveying is they just don't feel that level of poison in their system right. that now I can really register if I drink a conventional wine. Um, right. Natural wine doesn't give me a hangover. I mean, it would if I drank the whole bottle. Let's, let's, <laughs> if we're being clear about it. Uh, I said to some friends the other day, you know, the hangover you get from wine is from the chemicals. And they said, oh, but come on, Alicia, we have to be honest. It's also because it's got alcohol in it. Um, and it does. So if you drink excessive amounts of natural wine, you will right. get a headache. You will get a hangover. But I used to get a hangover from two, two or three glasses of conventional wine. Conventional wine, right. And now if I have half a bottle of natural wine, the next day I'm completely fine. Totally fine. It's just natural grape juice. Right. Um, okay, it might have some sulfites in it, and that's okay um, at a low level. But... Yeah, it, the, totally, the, it, it totally reminds me of um, we have we have a store over here called Trader Joe's mm -hmm. and Trader Joe's will do like one thing that I discovered from Trader Joe's is their all natural peanut butter. And oh, I love when that. You taste, when you taste their all natural, it's just peanuts. And then, then they'll add if they if you want it salted or unsalted, but it's just straight peanuts. Mm -hmm. And. Then one day I actually ran out of Trader Joe's peanut butter. And this is, this is like my bachelor days. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I, I'm just going to go grab from the market, you know, whatever I could get. And I mm. grabbed what they called an all natural peanut butter from like Skippy, you know, that we have our name brand here. And it tasted completely like sugar. Oh, and no. I didn't get any of the, the peanut butter. And I grew up on, on this stuff. And I think, thought, like, 
wow, what a big difference from having something pure to something that has all this artificial things. Even though it said it was natural, it still had a percentage of natural or or unnatural ingredients in it to make that peanut butter. So I totally, when you were talking about the difference and even the taste, Mm. um, is it, would I, would I, I wanted to ask you is, would it give you more of that when you taste a natural wine like that, would it give you something that is more, if you were to compare old world version to compare to new world, how old world is more earthy and rooty where compared to new world, you taste more of the fruit. So when usually what I find is when people start off with new world wines, they don't understand old world. They can't go to old world because they think it's too earthy, it's too dirt, too grass. But if you start off on old world, you start to have more of a balance between the two. You start to realize, okay, this is earth, this is organic, this is more fruit driven. Is that's it kind really, of like that? It's a re- that's a really interesting question. And I think because natural wines... Um, are really breaking away from what we would normally expect from different wine regions, different wine geographies, old world, new world. Mm -hmm. Those boundaries blur a lot more. So you can get some really young, fresh, lively wines coming out of parts of France or or Italy that you wouldn't have have expected uh, in the same way. So styles so you can get natural wine from the old world that now has what you're describing as a kind of new world new world characteristics or a new world vibe um and equally you know the the new world has such amazing wine diversity that Mm -hmm. you can get a wine produced over there that's a natural wine um or in parts of the new world Mm -hmm. um that can compete with some of its old world uh counterparts but it, it really is a and this is why i think natural wine doesn't yet have a formal kind of educational certification route in the same way that conventional wine does for, you know, gaining your particular wine levels and qualifications or your SOM qualifications. Um, there isn't, there isn't that for natural wine because wow. you'd have to unteach everybody what yeah. they've already learned. <laughs> right. Right. So I was here going to do, doing my wine education and writing out, um, you know, the characteristics of uh, Pinot Gris are this, this, and this. And I thought, but I've tasted a natural one that doesn't taste, doesn't taste like that because it's done slightly differently or this is what we've expected when we're using um, synthetic yeasts from a particular catalogue. So natural wine really does mean unlearning uh, so much of what we know about wine, and that's what I like about it. It's surprising. Yeah. But in that way, it's unpredictable. So you, it's challenging to do things sometimes like food pairing in the same way, or you, know, you might think you've put the right kind of wine in the fridge for the meal that you're going to have, but if it's a natural wine, it might surprise you. Right. Um, so it's, a, it's an exciting but, but fickle friend yeah. <laughs> is natural you know, wine. I, I actually had two, two women on um, just in the past few weeks, and one was a... She does, she does, a, she has a small winery in California 
and she did skin contact skin fermented Ooh. wine and it yeah. was a Chenin Blanc and mm. it was the first time that she she got her education she got some education from France and then she decided that she was going to try to do uh basically mirror kind of that style but more you know definitely on that natural side and yeah. when i popped that bottle open and saw like even like the haziness you know it reminded me of my son my son loves unfiltered apple juice and it's completely unclear yes. and it, it just it's just pure juice and when mm. i tasted that chenin blanc i was flattened i was this is amazing i i just felt more that more of that that connection with the the that particular varietal like it yes. wasn't it wasn't there was no blockage there's nothing it was just showing me what Shannon Blanc was and mm -hmm. I just dug it and even I had another uh lady on just a few days ago and she distributes vegan wines and I tasted her Malbec that she distributes from Chile and completely natural and it was the most yummiest malbec that i because i felt again that connection yeah and i know you're talking about oh is it, it was a different like way to to taste the wine because you had to get your palate adjusted to just something that is completely unfiltered and yeah. just more refined to that particular and it was amazing and i just i love that can you talk i know you you brought that up as far as the skin contact and i know the big mm. thing right now between organic biodynamic vegan and these natural wines we have the new fad of the orange wines and the skin contact wines can you kind of go into that too yeah um and here of course it's about a lot of the confusion is confusion about language um skin contact wine i mean First of all, red wine is obviously skin contact wine. Right. And, uh, you know, for example, I had someone who, who doesn't work in wine and isn't involved in wine say to me, where do I get a skin contact red wine? And I was like, that's just a red wine. <laughs> that's, yeah. Job done. Um, and obviously rosé has skin contact. So when we're talking now about a skin contact wine, I often mean, and I think this is becoming uh, you know, better known, the use of, of being macerated on the skins um, where it's not the previously been common practice. So in, in what, with white wines um, and white wine grape varietals. So having a skin contact Riesling um, or a skin contact Alborino, of which there's, there's, I've got one here actually. Where is it? Here we go. One here, talking oh, yeah. about orange yeah. wine. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. This is this is from the UK, Corey. You we're doing wow. some great stuff over here now. This is this is from Wales, actually. This is from wow. um Anchor Hill Estate in Wales. Uh, they're doing some fantastic stuff with uh, with skin contact. But it really does just mean that the wine is left to macerate on the skins. There can even be some skin contact fermentation. Um, when it comes to wine styles where that wasn't normally the practice. Um, and you end up with obviously a a wine that has got a different hue, a different color. It either right. ends up orangey, right? Or, but there's a there's a spectrum. So, 
skin contact wine doesn't have to be orange. Sometimes it is, but sometimes it's a blush color. Sometimes right. it's somewhere with a pinky orange. Like, um, okay, I'll find you another one. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, there's a lot of wine in my house. You got a lot of wine. Yeah, yeah. This, this color is slightly, um, this is less pronounced in terms of mm. an orange wine than my friend over here. Yeah, it is a really a, a deeper color. Um, so it really just just depends how much time the wine spends uh, or the grape juice spends on the skins in the winemaking wow. process. So there's a there's a spectrum, but it gives a different flavor. Absolutely, right. different flavor profile, different right. kind of crunchiness in the mouth. Uh, I find them to be quite, quite lively um, or quite deep and complex, depending on um, the grape variety and the, and the wine style and things like that. But they're definitely becoming more popular definitely becoming more popular now yeah um, I, I definitely sure. see that i definitely see that flying around i hear a lot about the orange wine scene and it is it, it's crazy i'm like wow what is it you know again i've been in the, in the industry and a lot of times i feel like am i really naive do i really not see this stuff but again the, i think the 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 hard thing for me is because i've been in the industry for so long at the floor side where I'm in direct contact with that product. Mm. It just really bothers me that we are not seeing it all out there. It's we're being kind of isolated from it. Yeah. And that's the only way we're going to be able to grow as consumers and drinkers of everything and really get an appreciation of it. Just like natural wine, it almost seems like this is more historical. This is more the roots the heart mm. of what winemaking is, why are we being deprived from it? Why are we, why do we keep on seeing this? What is, you know, is it, it again, it's all about the big buck. I, I understand that. But if we're in this industry, if we're ambassadors of this industry, why aren't we pushing for more of that? Why aren't we seeing it? And talking to ambassadors like yourself, women like you that are doing the work, putting out the education and, and the information, it's just, it's like I, I see it, and I'm I like, man, we got to keep on pushing down that wall to keep that knowledge and keep that product going and keep pushing it out because we should have a flux of these wines on the shelf. These yeah. these wines, everybody should know about it. I shouldn't be going, well, how I'm still learning more about it. Why am I still learning more about? It? I should just know it and be like everything else that we do. But um, again, it it is such a, an amazing thing, and I love what you're bringing in, in the education and all the information I've learned so much from you today. Um, oh, thanks, Corey. Yeah, no, I, I think it's like anything. I mean, we got to be honest. We are, you know, for me, I don't consider myself an expert. I continue lear learning things. I try to specialize in things, but it's, it's the, the openness and the honesty to grow and to edu continuously educate yourself. And like yeah. I said, the the women like you, the ambassadors like you, you are doing such great work and we need to keep that and keep on celebrating that. And that is the important thing about allowing for this industry to grow, especially on the female side. We need to really push the barriers, break yeah. down that wall and really al allow this to happen and not be restrictive. Uh, because like I said, I love what what you're bringing it and I'm understanding more of it than I ever 
understood before, and that is great, and I appreciate what you're bringing to this. Um, what what was the, the, the first thing that really got you that made you think, I want to get connected with this particular part of the industry? Was there something that was just, I got to do this, I got to concentrate on this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it came from being more environmentally conscientious in other areas. So making sure that I'm buying organic food, fruit and veg, um, that if I buy fish, it's wild salmon rather than um, farmed. And then when I started learning more about wine, I thought I have to make the same choices here. It was just that the alternative product was harder to find. So right. when you do go to a food shop or a supermarket here, to, to give the UK its credit, you can now find quite easily uh, organic food, uh, organic fruit and veg. Um, you can make more conscientious choices when it comes to what you're eating. Right. But I had to really do some some legwork to try and find how to make the same choice um, with wine. And it, it was that that challenge that I thought, well, we've got to try and change this. We've got to, right. like, exactly like you said, we have to make this more accessible. And I'd love to see it. If, it ha if I had a goal for the wine industry, it would be for natural and organic wines to be the norm. Right. And let's make it hard for people to, <laughs> to, to find wines that's got a high chemical content. Right. Um, yes. That would be, that would be ideally my, my goal. But yeah, it was being more environmentally conscientious all round. Um, as you said, you've got new administration there. People right. are newly conscious about the planet, particularly after we've had this, the year that we've all um, yeah. had that I think everybody is realizing particularly in agriculture and you know food and wine production we can't keep going the way that we've been going right. something has to change exactly in these industries because if we don't pay attention to the land and making sure that we farm responsibly and right. without chemicals um we're gonna have a problem yeah. we already have a problem <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna get worse yeah, um, I honestly think too. I think you know, especially with what's going on with our environment. I think I don't know if this is, but if this is happening currently, but <clears throat> I think our government needs to offer more grants to, especially the. We always uh, push the point, the narrative on small businesses, small family businesses, small family boutique wineries that are doing this. I think too if. Even the larger ones, I don't know if the larger ones would embrace it as much, but if you own a small boutique winery, a small family winery, give them a grant so they can, that could help with the environment. You know, yes. I would see that would be a great thing that all our governments can do that really could help support the environment is to offer grants to these, these boutique wineries, these family owned wineries, and really have them okay well you know this is going to help you clean up your you know your whole area and then we could get you making all natural wines so people and that, i think that would actually create more product too because not only are you clean up the environment but you're producing more product um 
And I was going to ask you, um, when you, when you were talking about the, the taste of wines, what is your favorite? Do you have a favorite pairing with one of your wines with your natural wine? What's your favorite? That, you have that any is favorite so pairing? hard. Corey, that is such a hard question. I, um, I, this is, this is why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, you know, it's hard to say a favorite pairing, but I'm going to talk mm. about favorite wines. I really love the wines that are coming from um, it's Domaine Josnea in Alsace. You were talking about female participation in this industry. It's female owned, female run. Um, and they just produce the most gorgeous, natural, bio, they do biodynamics there. Um, yeah. They're also very lucky. They're sort of, their vineyards, the vines are shielded, um, luckily, by some, some mountains. So they, they've got, they've ended up geographically in a really good place. Wow. Um, but the wines that come out of there are stunning. Um, really, really, really lovely. Um, mm -hmm. So love their stuff. Um, and what you would put that with is, especially at this time of year, you know, lovely sort of soft cheese, um, mm -hmm. summer salads, yeah. um, anything that is fresh and um, it goes a little bit, it can go with cold meats uh, mm -hmm. or fish. They do a lot of white wine um, there. But yeah, to choose to choose favorites or to choose favorite pairings is really hard. You have children. Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's like choosing between <laughs> children. <laughs> it's tough. You know, it's I, hard. I, I, I've, I've actually, you know, I've, I've thrown some pretty interesting pairings together with wines, you know, potato chips, potato, and Cotswold. I love Cotswold. Okay. Um, double Gloucester. And, um, I've done a couple of pairings with a couple English cheddars. And I just love, um, especially my son, you know, he loves to have chips. I've done hummus. Hummus and chips, uh, sweet potato tortilla chips, rather mm -hmm. than just regular tortilla chips with certain wines. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fun pairings, you know, out there. But I definitely got to try more and see what is out there for me to to dig my te teeth into because this is, again, I, I love hearing what you're what you're saying about this whole natural wine. Um, industry. Now, mm -hmm. I know we're getting into the closing of our time. Um, I just want to, you know, thank you. Thank you all for joining us today uh, on this special conversation early this morning uh, from the Pacific Northwest and late in the UK. Um, That's the evening. It's uh, yeah, sort of evening. nighttime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I just appreciate your time. Uh, for just sitting with me and getting in contact with me and, and working this whole thing out. Um, and one thing My that, pleasure, Corey. My yeah, pleasure. Yeah, we definitely got to try to do this again. I would love to continuously hear your, your journey and where, especially wine is going overseas in your part of the woods. Um, I think it's important to keep in contact and keep that support, uh, keep that, that communication going. Um, because we all need to support each other right now. I think it's important. Um, yeah. Again, I can't emphasize it enough, especially the female ambassadors to this industry. The work that you're doing is so vital and important for growth. Without you, I don't see a lot of growth and breaking down the walls for diversity in this, in this industry. 
Um, but I wanted to ask you a one last main question. I know um, we talked a lot about wine and stuff, but I, I want to see, I want to ask you this question as far as just your view, but if you have uh, any advice for any females getting in the industry that are wanting to ad- really focus in on even this side of the industry, the natural wine, the biodynamic wine, the organic wine, the vegan wine, um, mm. whether they're starting, they're in the middle or just in the crossroads, what advice can you give them to keep on pursuing their passion and their love for it? Yeah. Um, I have found, well, I mean, here we are connecting on, on, on Instagram live. Um, I think platforms like this are really valuable tools. They're free to use. You can get so much information quickly. They're visual. Um, I learned, I never thought I'd be sitting here saying you can get so much educational value from, from Instagram, but you can. So I would say educate yourself and educate yourself broadly. Do engage with conventional wine certifications and educational pathways if you like. Those can be useful. Um, but also have a look and see what kind of wine education is out there and available to you. I, I downloaded a bunch of books. Um, I did buy a bunch of books as well just because I like a physical physical book. Um, there's great stuff by Alice Faring, by Isabel Legeron. Um, I've got my kind of bookshelf here. But if you're a female looking to get into wine, just start start doing it. Start talking to people. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. Again, Instagram's great for that. You can direct message people. Uh, you can connect through comments. Um, do as, get as much experience as you can. Volunteer if you can in, in any kind of place in the wine industry. So you can go and help out in a wine shop. See if you can do a, a season. You know, go, go picking. Um, harder this year, of course, because we've all been, right. we've been stuck inside. So you can't yeah. really do a lot of... Um, you know, trying things out and, and trying to get involved in wine in a practical sense. Right. But what that's done is it has brought more people together online. It's brought more people into writing and education and talking about wine like this so that when the world does reopen again, people are kind of ready to get, get back out there. Yeah. No, great words. I, I, again, um, I love the, uh, the passion, the, the information, the, like I said, I have learned so much from you in the short of time. And again, we, we got to stay in touch, stay connected uh, yeah. because people like you are, are so important, so vital for growth. Um, like you said, and just connecting, uh, communicating with each other um, is, is important um, because that's going to be the way that we are going to make this, this industry better. Um, we're going to continue to have this industry grow. Um, so thank you so much for uh, joining me today. So, so, uh, late on your side, early on my side, I had my cup of joe. Uh, you had your your cup, your glass of wine. Um, I've got lots of bottles of wine here, Corey. Yeah. It's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much wine here. I, I love it, Ed. Like I said, we got to do this again. There's always an open invitation here. Um, I'd love to talk with you again because, again, I think there's just what you touched on was just minute of what, how big this industry is and how we need to really celebrate it and and embrace it. So, again, thank you so much for your time. 
Thank you, Corey. Um, I mean, you're part of this. This platform yeah. is fantastic. It's so great that you are talking to people in wine and bringing people on. And I've really enjoyed speaking to you. Um, well, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So thank yeah, you for and, having and, me. Yeah. And, and I think just like yourself, what you said is when we all kind of became stagnant in our, in isolated, my whole thing was to really figure out a way to pay it forward, especially like you're saying about natural and biodynamic wines. I think mm. of my son's future and what I, what the world I want to leave him. And yeah. I want to lead, leave him with something that is community support, embracement and celebration. And, um, and just you and all the other ladies that I've been in contact with and all the other ambassadors I've been talking with, it, the, the support system and the community is, is really special right now. And we got to yeah. keep that going. And, and like I said, I, I just appreciate your time. And thank you oh, for thank sharing you. so much of your story. It was so good. I'm like, oh, man, I you. learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> we will speak again, Corey. Absolutely, absolutely. So until next time, uh, stay well, stay safe, and enjoy your wine. Cheers. You too. Cheers. (laughs) Bye. 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 (laughs) All right. Thank you all for joining us today. We got up early. We broke bread with uh, Alisa Rose. Uh, from the UK, from London. She was broadcasting live from London. Um, again, I cannot say it enough. I, I, I really appreciate all the viewers that have joined me throughout this past month celebrating women, um, celebrating these ambassadors. These ladies, these individuals are putting in the work, rolling up their sleeves and really putting in the work. And what we need to do as consumers or people in the industry we need to roll up our sleeves ourselves and we need to support them and celebrate them. So I, I always say, if you have a pin on that lapel, if you are cracking the books, getting that certification, we need to roll up our sleeves and support this and knock down these barriers and create less division and create more community in this industry. We need to embrace women. We need to cr- embrace the minorities in this, this industry. It's, it's vitally important because without it, Without them, we cannot grow. And the, the, wine, the wine industry, the beer industry, and the spirit industry is going to stay the same. So if you want growth, support it. Celebrate it. Follow Lisa. You could actually follow her if you click right up on top. You should be able to follow her. Uh, she's Natural Wine Girl on her page. Please follow her. Please support her. And please support all the lady ambassadors out there um, on your pages or whoever you follow. Please support them. Now is the time to do it. Um, and tomorrow we have a very special guest joining us, uh, Miss Lou Marcier. She is a lead brewer, the lead brewer and manager from a microbrew company, beer company out in Vista, California. Um, she's going to be, we're going to be talking brews, talking beer. Um, again, another amazing female in the industry doing their stuff. So we need to do our stuff too. So don't forget to join me. That is tomorrow live here at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I hope you can join us. Please support these ladies. Please, if you can, follow me and support me. And until next time, please stay safe, stay well, 
If you're still social distancing, do that. Wear your mask and cheers. Oops. <laughs> All right.